from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. planned for that i wish i did no the podcast is over i'm done <laughs> we're just gonna do the music coming in bumping and then we're out <laughs> he meant women's tennis is over he's relieved no not, not the season i mean the sport yes. of women's tennis is over <laughs> actually i sure hope not because that's the only thing that's got me you know riveted and interested in watching tennis on tv for pete's sakes yeah if we could actually watch it oh there it is <laughs> the only major tournament in any sport that we can't watch in america on tv it's over though yes apparently and i didn't this is not me because i don't do any research or any work or any (laughs) effort and to be fair to myself how could i i'm in i'm doing tennis he's working hard in his real job instead of this i do tennis as a job in all facets right from coaching a college team to teaching people uh, outside, you know, like regular people, not college people, because um, believe me, college people are not regular. <laughs> um, running tournaments, running a professional tournament. We'll get to that one day soon. Um, doing various other things. So I'm not able to just, you know, do stuff <laughs> like read and right. look up stats and look at the history of this person's, you know, um, record against left-handed you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> right i'm busy doing tennis i can't read and yeah people used to say what do you do for fun i'll say play tennis they go no besides tennis i said there's no there is no besides tennis <laughs> that's all i do um i guess i guess watching other sports maybe is something but so anyway um so on twitter a person that i don't know if they do tennis or not welcome to the tennis revolution podcast Oh, yeah. By the way, welcome to the Tennis Revolution podcast. But you know what? You already knew. That's you heard, true. You heard that bump in music. You knew. Best intro in the biz. <laughs> best intro in the business. That's right. Out of every podcast I've listened to, that's bar none, the best. Thank I you. I unequivocally say it is the best of any podcast I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you didn't laugh, there, nobody would understand why that's a... A, uh, they they still don't. Not a compliment. They don't. <laughs> they still don't. Um, yeah, but uh, no, it is really thanks to Jimmy Angelus out there. I don't hope I could say his name. Um, yeah, his, I think his middle name is Loss. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Los Angeles. No, it, I don't think it might be. I don't know the guy that well. Um, but he put together that, so we own that. So if we wanted to go out on the road to the clubs yeah. and just. And DJ and just play that. We I own that. It's not bad, huh? <laughs> to all the tennis clubs. I own it. Yeah. Ooh, tennis clubs. Look at that pun. <laughs> oh man, you're a genius. Um Oh my god, I'm so off track from your <laughs> nonsense. That's my job. Oh, here. so on Twitter, one of these tennis people that gets paid to write about t- I'm assuming he gets paid. Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't know, but you would have to assume. He writes tennis articles. For publications. Have you ever heard of such a thing? (laughs) 
It's am- we are constantly amazed they have that for tennis. Not that he is not, you know, well educated and a quality whatever journalist and all the things that go into that. I'm sure he is, but it amazes me that anybody cares. That's the <laughs> point in America. Right now, if he was getting paid by, you know, the London Times, is that a, I don't know if that's a real. Is that a uh, newspaper in London? Probably not. Whatever. You know what I mean. It's yeah. the New York Times of London. Then, I, Okay, great. That makes sense. He's getting paid by somebody who cares about tennis. Let me ask you this. Does it bother you? Yes, absolutely. Like I'm tired of you. There's a huge tennis event, and you mention it to someone, and they have no idea what you're talking about, or do you like that because it's like you having inside information that other people don't have? Even if they knew I'm smarter than they are, and I would still have inside information. <laughs> well, no, but I mean No, like, no, no. It... it it does it does reinforce what a loser we are for doing a <laughs> podcast on something that no one cares but that's about. what i mean this relates to kind of the negativity from last week like like i know you're a fan of game of thrones and like when somebody talks about the finales coming up or whatever like i have zero inch to tune out but i feel like everybody has that with whatever their thing is so yeah, like tennis is big but not as big here <laughs> well and you know yeah, exactly. And why did you get me off track? Can we get back to that <laughs> in a minute? Can you bookmark that? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, get back to that topic? Yes. So we'll save that for Corey's Corner. On Twitter, this fellow who seems to be quite educated and, you know, a learned fellow and good writer and whatever else, um, named Ben Rothenberg, he had a tweet that was basically saying, he was saying that the that BN had a countdown clock <laughs> during the, like, not just, like, how long this match is going to last. No, Did when this goes off, tennis is <laughs> over. And as soon as the match ended, done. Pre-game to some third-rate soccer league, whatever, in some far-flung, I don't even so know. So were they insinuating that all the people watching were supposed to assume that tennis is over, they can't watch anymore anywhere else? No, they were just letting you know that uh, it's done for that. Real sports are about to come on as soon as we finish our last contractually obligated right. broadcast. So tune in for the tune in later when this clock ends. Be in to the soccer. <laughs> Be out of tennis. Right. Good riddance, and that was the last line on his tweet. Was good riddance, and I agree. Uh, Be in. Uh, what a disaster that was. I wish I wish we did research so we could look at the ratings because there's no way that ended up being a good decision for them. I so, mean, if they got some money out of it, then fine. But at least here, who right. knows? Who knows? But uh, maybe they broaden their audience. Well, I already pay for Tennis Channel Live, which is a bust, by the way. Yeah, you've said that's a mistake, <laughs> and that's no pun intended towards women's tennis. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, stay with me. He people. can say that now the season's over. He stay can with say me. Things like that. Stay with me. Um, but you know, I, oh man, it's not the ATP's fault. It's not men's fault. It's not the patriarchy's fault. WTA did this to themselves. They made a bad deal with, uh, you know, a, a channel that no one has. I mean, direct TV got rid of it halfway through the year. Right. So now, I'm not going to BN.com or the BN app. <laughs> I don't think you even could. Well, I think you can pay. There's oh, a if BN, you want to pay, of course. There's a, yeah, there's a BN Plus uh, that you could pay for, um, which I'm sure is worse than, you know, um, 
you know, if I want to watch the Sicilian, you know, soccer league, <laughs> I guess, or what, I don't know why I said Sicily, all the mafia are going to kill me now. I don't mean anything by that. I was just trying to think of a very small soccer right. league. Right. Oh. Lichtenstein soccer. Lick, yeah, they're not coming after anybody. <laughs> the Lichtenstein soccer league, then, then I'm all set on BN. But yeah, it was just a, a pathetic, it was just pathetic. And I do think that women's tennis got hurt in America by it because I think this year has been a good year. For one, and I don't mean because Serena's gone, but as a result of Serena being gone, you know, when the cat's away, the mice will play. Right. Um, a lot more, um, you know, quality matches and quality people had a chance to break through um, and take, and nobody could see it. Well, and this is a reference that nobody will care about, but I'm going to say it anyway. I remember back in the 90s when uh, wrestling was getting big. Oh they uh, Greco-Roman? <laughs> they somehow got a contract with TNN, which I don't think exists anymore, and it was the Nashville Network, and they would have rodeo all day long. Wow. And then they'd have wrestling come on like Thursday nights. Yeah. And I remember it was awful, because, and obviously I was into wrestling. I don't mind admitting that 20 years later, but... I would remember just turning it on and you wouldn't even watch the network, the network for five minutes. You would want to make sure you saw nothing on that channel except for what you were looking for. And I feel like BN, it was the same way. We were like, turn it on. If anything but tennis was on, we were going to turn it off immediately. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't like it build. I don't think it builds, you know, interest in your channel because you're not, and you're not gaining rodeo fans and wrestling. Either they were fans or they weren't. I don't well, think it adds anything. But you know what? BN, I mean, they're an na- international channel. So, or whatever that means. But so, you know, I don't, I don't think it hurt them like that. I mean, I think it makes sense for them to have another sport in right. their cachet, but it hurt women's te- women's tennis got the got hurt the most out of this whole deal. Well, well that's I, what I mean. I think it, yeah, I think it you, didn't you, hurt the channel. Channel didn't care, right? You, I think you lose some of your core audience from your sport for sure, and that's what happened with the wrestling. They didn't it lasted right. for like a year, and they went on back to some other channel that made more sense. The redneck though, channel. <laughs> Even though they probably didn't get the same contract, I'm sure they got offered more money by TNN, or they wouldn't have gone there. Right. Same with this. Right. Maybe which, which I don't you know. Have to have people watch. Maybe. Maybe they were trying. I'd like to find out. I'd like that would be something that would be fun for these ter- tennis ju- so-called tennis <laughs> journalists. I don't mean because they're not tennis. Jur- I mean because why does anybody pay anybody? <laughs> There's actually a tennis journalist here in DFW that I tried to connect with. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd contribute to your podcast. And I said, oh, by the way, you have to come to the studio. <laughs> Ghost. I haven't heard from her since. I used to know a guy that wrote the the uh, for the Dallas Morning News, the tennis stories, but I don't think he does anymore. Yeah, why would he? He, <laughs> he finally got promoted. He, he was the <laughs> ma- curling he was, or a- <laughs> he was in the mailroom slash tennis writer. And now he's uh, now he's covering he's the local field hockey, the local school district. Um, yeah elections yeah so anyway so yeah i I think the raw end of the deal was for sure women's tennis and the fans in america of women's tennis because they in my opinion they had a better year than the men for sure oh definitely well certainly american tennis we know they did well yeah absolutely but even uh yeah just tennis in general much more competitive and i think the serena storyline what was good about that is you know, trying to figure out when she was going to come back and watching when she came back. Oh, the, and, okay. The whole storyline, right. not the U.S. Open storyline. No, because to me, watching Federer dominate every week, it didn't matter if I missed a week of him because I know what I'm going to see every time, as we saw. Whereas Serena, it was more interesting because, oh, how's she going to look when she comes back? How's she going right. to look after a month back? You know, 
It was every tournament was interesting how she was going to play. Well, we wanted her to come back. We didn't want any of the big three to come back. Really? Right. No, honestly. I, I saw the one, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. Well, I guess two because we had one of them on the show. But I was going to say I saw one of the two Djokovic fans that I know this afternoon, and I said, "Well, your man has ruined tennis again." <laughs> and she just sort of laughed, and she goes, "Yeah, it's uh, he's been killing everyone." I'm like, "Yeah, isn't it great? They uh, he's so amazing. It's just it doesn't make." Doesn't mean, and even she just, I think she even realized what I was saying. Right. And yeah, she's happy that he's winning, but I think she knows that that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Well, so first of all, you sexist. I don't know how you segue to men's tennis. This I always do. Talking about women's tennis first <laughs> and how awful well, BN only. and the sexism that uh, is displayed at BN. But I thought surely there must be a way to watch it here. And I Googled. that was the that was the worst thing. And I'm scared to bootleg anything. Right. Not because the FBI is going to show up, <laughs> but because I don't know what's going to happen. Man, I don't want somebody to steal my bank account. When you install some program to watch, you exactly. don't know what that is. Right, and, exactly. Um So yeah, so BN was a disaster and it hurt the women's uh tennis in America, I think. And I think that's a legitimate you know, because Part of the argument of, oh, you know, men's tennis is more popular than women, and people say, well, you don't show as many women's matches, and all the tournaments schedule to where the women's matches are not as in a prominent place, right? whether they're prime time or the main courts or what have you. And to some degree, you know, I'm like, okay, that that makes some sense, but at the same time, there's a balance. That's not it. It's not like... You put Federer's match on instead of you know some of those match, so, right. so women's tennis is falling apart. No, that's not it. I do think it's a contributing factor. I mean, yeah. let's be reasonable here. And in this situation, where an, a channel basically disappeared from Directv, and I got to see no women's tennis. Right now, we got now that argument makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Oh, you've banished women's tennis altogether. How are we supposed to grow a fan base and develop that fan base if our sport is gone. Right. Um, but I think you asked a question a while back. Does it matter if it's men's or women's? It's still tennis. Right. And that's what I say. I'm not... I mean, tennis is tennis. They are different, obviously. Different right. game styles, different pluses and minuses. Um, But it's not like all of a sudden I'm not a tennis fan because I haven't seen women's. Or I'm not a women's tennis fan. I'm only a men's tennis fan. Well, and tennis is the only sport, and I don't think this is just because I play it or coach it, but... It, let's just say the guy just said tennis and you turned it on. I am not going to turn it off because it's men's or women's. I'm The quality of the match is what's going to turn whether am, I watch it or not. I am. If I have to watch <laughs> Federer Monfils, I'm turning it off. Well, no, but I mean, just by right, seeing the gender, right. I'm not going to turn it off. Like no offense, but if I turn on and it just says basketball and I turn it on it's women's basketball, I'm turning it off. Then you can say yeah. that's sexist or not, but I'm turning it off. <laughs> it's not. But, it's, but if it's tennis... The gender itself is not going to be a deal breaker for me one way well, or the other. That and curling <laughs> are the two. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, you're other... exactly right. You're a hundred percent right. And I don't. And that's the other thing is that there is, to some degree, the argument of you know a rising tide lifts all boats. If there's compelling tennis on men's or women, women's, it's going to help the fan base. I've never heard that, by the way. You can't be serious. I have never heard that. I wish I had my computer. I'm like analyzing it in my mind. I'm like, that's a really great quote. <laughs> well, it's, You should have said you created it. Well, it's not because it's utilized to describe. Improperly. Well, it's utilized to describe capitalism. <laughs> 
And so it's right. a whole political, which I'm not saying it because of that. What I'm yeah. saying is at least BN didn't have men's and women's and made tennis disappear altogether. Which, yeah. Which would have been more detrimental to both. Right. But still, it, it, put it this way. I'm pissed off because I didn't get to see as much women's tennis, which was way more compelling, as was uh, illustrated in Singapore, which we talked about. We didn't do a preview. Why? No. Why? Because we knew nobody could watch it. <laughs> no, well, we said it was too hard to predict. We couldn't. We had no way of guessing who was going to win because all the players are evenly matched. Right. Which is how a sport should be, by the way. By the way, so evenly matched that you had the red group and the white group, and you had the bottom two in the white group and the bottom two in the red group advance to the semis. The ones and twos of the, each group did not. Oh, based on seating, you mean? Yep. I didn't even know they seated the groups. Whatever. Well, yeah, I did. I guess I did. Yeah. So, but at one point, also, the first, I think, four or five days of the tournament, they'd had one straight set match. One of the flights, every match was a three-setter. Right. Um, which is always what you want to see, of course. And the final was a three-setter. Yeah. So, But the point being is that any one of the eight could have won it and and ultimately two people that weren't the top seeds obviously right um were in the finals and whatever so um if you haven't seen it turn off your podcast immediately okay we're back <laughs> um so yeah so um the final was stevens sloan stevens <laughs> in case you want well, you never know uh and flitalina elena flitalina <laughs> <laughs> the one great. I've been touting is the next big thing for like four years now. <laughs> I think everybody has. Yeah, a little too late. One of those, now that some of these people have never won a Grand Slam, finally right. limp through, now she's one of the ones that's the next best yeah. to not have. Um, but yeah, so she won um, a, a WTA Tour final, which to me is way, way, way more important than an exhibition, but way, way, way less important than a Grand Slam. I said it. How do you rate it compared to a, I know they don't call it this, but a Masters 1000? 1000. It's got to be better because it's the top eight. Yeah. But it's also not the grind of the, although it is five matches, so it's similar. Right, but I... Mm. But you can lose a match and still win the tournament, yeah. which to me is a different yeah. achievement. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's in between Masters 1000, whatever the hell they call that on the women's in a Grand Slam. Um but uh, and if you've never won it, get get you one. Right. If you're one of the all timers, right, get you one. Um, it's something. But uh, and yeah, it is the the. I think what we've talked about mainly. This is something you brought up. I'll give you credit, which I rarely do, <laughs> which you rarely deserve. Right. But uh, in this case, you do. Is that you take the top eight, you put them together, and you get to see some matchups you don't get to see right. all the time, and that's more prevalent on the women's side. Than the same semifinal <laughs> matchups we see every single right. week, every on the men's side. So it's a lot more fun to to sort of mix it up and see those top players playing each other. Um, so yeah, I think it's about as important as winning the Pro Bowl uh, in the NFL. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> that, I know. that means nothing. That's way more important. Uh, <laughs> That's the Labor Cup. Um, but no, I think that. They probably, I would assume that it would build more confidence from that because of who they've beaten. Maybe. 
Maybe. Because if you win a Masters, you could you could win a Masters without playing anybody. Well, Wozniacki won it last year. Right. And then won her Grand Slam yeah. this year. So who knows? It might be something. And then I'm sure you saw the news about her. No. Oh, you didn't see her news? <sighs> <laughs> I'm on Exclusive the of the podcast. I'm on the edge of my seat. She's a uh, Twitter follower? No, no, she's maybe retiring. I, what? She's got rheumatoid arthritis. Wow. Which my my whole thing about that is what is the reason that that needs to be public? I just, I don't see anything to gain by that. I'm not saying that she shouldn't keep it public, but what, what is she gaining from it? She said she didn't reveal it earlier because she didn't want the opponents to feel like they have an edge. Well, why reveal it now? If that's your reasoning for not revealing it sooner. Well, but, um, why reveal it ever? Well, if she, if she is going to retire, then right. give a reason to your fans. I don't think she's retiring, but but that, oh. but she said she she found out I think right before the open or sometime around the open, and then she said she didn't reveal it then because she didn't want her opponents to have that edge, thinking she was falling apart, and then she reveals it now at the end of the year, so she has time to figure out what to do and all that. But at the same time, I just don't understand why they need to know. But I guess Venus did the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. And it does get you, maybe it gets you more fans. You become more relatable to the fan. I don't know, but. Playing the sympathy card, if right. you will. I don't know why you would want your competitors to know that ever. That anything was wrong with you. Well, I mean, every week on this podcast, we find out what's wrong with you. So, <laughs> um, No one knows what's wrong with me. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if um, if if she is not going to retire then maybe she just sort of let the cat out of the bag in a down moment, you know, right. and, and thinking she was going to retire, and then she'll change her mind. I don't well, know. Well, yeah. and it could be a situation where don't, you know, stop supporting me because I played so bad. This is why I played this Ooh, bad. Ooh, the old excuse trick, huh? <laughs> and that's and I'm not saying that to be negative, but I'm saying if I lost a reason, badly, ex- yeah. I would want people to know why I lost badly. Given a reason, not an excuse. Yeah. I got you. But it's... But it's uh, it's crazy because I see her as like the most fit on the tour and it runs marathons and all that. So of all the people to have that, it's kind of, it was kind of shocking to see it from her. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, I guess, you know, you got to manage it. I mean, she's, it does, I guess that issue medical condition is not, you know, helped by being an athlete. I mean, it affects your joints. So there's nothing you, it just, I guess it just gets you. I don't know. That's a bummer, man. Way to bring the whole thing down. You <laughs> suck, dude. I Yeah, I I was just trying to keep up with that tournament, and that news came out. Yeah, because you have to read about the tournament. Right. Yeah, by the way, just so you know, um, the worst thing ever is the, a game cast on an app for <laughs> tennis. Now, football is not great, but at least they have the little – the little you know field kind of thing. Right. So you go on an app on the NFL app. You go to Steelers because it's the only team that matters. <laughs> and oh, by the way, the Cowboys didn't lose. Um, <laughs> they're on a bye. Yeah. I saw um, that. So you know it's That's got the only the, way they don't lose. Exactly. It's got a little field, so you see if oh, oh ten yard pass, and it kind of. I've well, seen that, and it's actually somewhat interesting to follow. It's not horrible. No. It's not horrible. And the bottom, it's play by play, so it's like you know. You know, five-yard pass right. to Antonio Brown from Roethlisberger. Um, but, I mean, know. what are they going to do in terms of the cross-court winner from they Stevens? Can't. And, they can't. Exactly. You know, ace they can't. from, you know, I mean, 
I mean, they could, but who would care? <laughs> well, they could, but but the only thing they would be able to do is say the last shot, unforced right. error, yeah, forehand unforced error, or what have <laughs> Just you. Just picturing someone reading that, and God, uh, you know, Stevens can't get her backhand in. It's like, oh, you watching the match? Like, no, I'm reading it. <laughs> I'm reading it. So yeah, there's nothing worse than that. I I can't think of another sport that would be curling. Because um, even like boxing, you get the the round by round scoring. Yeah, I guess. Um, but you're you know, not seeing anything. I mean, you're not seeing anything regardless, but. I don't think it works really for any sport. Well, even radio for tennis is brutal. <laughs> I I actually looked for that. They can't. Uh, they can't in keep the summer, up. and they don't even do it anymore. Well, they I, they do. Oh, do they still some? Because I looked for it. I thought at Wimbledon, and I couldn't. Wimbledon, find it. they have it. Sure, it must have been something. Must have been the French, maybe. I don't know because I think I was on vacation during one of them. <laughs> I don't know why I went into Adam Sandler. Sorry. Uh, He's not a big a, tennis fan. And not a good Adam Sandler. Actually, you see him at the U.S. Open all the time. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. So, um, I definitely think if you if you told me which gender do you want to be, basically, do you want to go dark <laughs> for so half a season? I thought it was going to end there. Which gender do you want to be? <laughs> no, that's a whole separate <laughs> issue. So, you know, but yeah, so it just, it, it's just such a bummer and it's just, ugh. Oh, if I could choose which one not to watch in 2019, it would be the men's, no doubt. Right, exactly. Because to me, there's very little drama that I'm looking forward to in the men's. Right. Uh, I think, you know, Novak's going to win two slams minimum. And, and Nadal will win the French. And Federer will be the finalist in probably two slams. And Nadal, and Nadal wins, wins the French, exactly. Right. Golly, that sucks. And he'll win it in, in record-breaking fashion by losing 22 games <laughs> instead of 24 games, and it'll be the greatest performance in the history of the tournament. You know, because he's getting better as he gets older, which they're the only three tennis players that have ever done. By the way, by the way, oh, baby. Um, well, we can't whoop. <laughs> I'll get ahead of myself. <laughs> so anyway, so final eight tournament, some good stuff, some bad stuff. I mean, you know, some matches that kind of um, didn't live up to the hype. But most of them did, and uh, I saw none of them. <laughs> but I left that tournament thinking, man, you know, even though Svitolina won the tournament, I left that tournament thinking, oh, Sloan had a really good year, and I decided to look up her year and how well she did. Hot and cold, hot and cold. Well, that's she came into the year on a seven-match losing streak. Well, yeah. So relative to last year, it was a great year. She made a Grand Slam final and won a Masters tournament at Miami and uh, made the finals of this. And made the quarters of the U.S. Open, which I didn't think was bad. I mean, she lost to Sevastova, but which could have it was a winnable match. But I think for her, it's all about the only thing missing in her game is consistency week to week. Yeah, uh, and she had more of that this year than she has had. Uh, that's why she's number three in the world, obviously. So, well, it has to be a positive, even though she didn't want to slam. I'm sure she would rather be six in the world and have another slam, but I think she will get more just because she's had consistency. Right. Well, and we'll see. I mean, as she wins more and does does well, goes deeper in tournaments, maybe that confidence will stick around. And but she's one of the few players, don't you think, that surface seems has a big impact on her game, which is, for women they don't usually doesn't usually matter as much. Yeah, but she lost first round in two slams, Wimbledon and the Australian, uh, which are two different surfaces. So right. that's, I don't know what your point is now. <laughs> well, no, she doesn't do well. So the last three years at Wimbledon, every year at Wimbledon, the last five years she hasn't made it past third round. Well, she's a good mover, good defense, and so when you throw her feet onto a surface that's not 
solid ground, you know, that can affect you. So well, I don't know. Well, explain this. I can't. In the last, since she has not made, she's not won a match at the Australian since 2014. Too many spiders. That's, <laughs> and which is weird because that place favors usually endurance, movement. Too many spiders. You know. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Everything down there will kill you. You know, every video I ever see online with a spider or a snake is always Australia. <laughs> I'm serious. And I'm yeah. like, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's... And then I see, oh, it's Australia. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I'm serious. If it was, you know, if it was Fort Worth, I'm, I'm worried. Or, oh, I'm sorry, that's downtown Melbourne? <laughs> Great. I thought that was only up in the outback. But yeah, she made the finals of the French, which makes sense because she's, you know, a good mover. That's her thing. She's never lost first round there since her first Grand Slam ever in 2011. So, I mean, that is obviously her best surface, which sucks for her because there's not many yeah. meaningful well, clay tournaments. I mean, obviously, she has the capability of winning seven matches in a row because she did it. Right. And then she's also completely capable of being a disaster, and she's done that. So, <laughs> I mean, listen. That's why it's hard to get excited about any American woman. Um, They're ranked highly, so you want to get excited when you see their ranking. and then How about any woman? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, listen. Hard to get excited by anyone. You can say what you want. I don't really care what people say because I don't care. Because right. if this is the patriarch, if you think this is the patriarchy talking, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm you just, mean, I'm I having you reasonable mean. facts. But the bottom line is, is emotional control. The women are going to go up and down more. I don't care. Call in if you don't like it. Call in, Gloria Allred. I don't care. <laughs> Well, and what you it's a fact. What you meant by that was you can't get there's no woman, even the one number one that has consistent performance week to week. No. Some <laughs> some manage it better, but yeah. from the neck up, they have more to deal with than men do. We're here's what I'm saying. We're dumb. We're dumb. <laughs> right. We're cavemen. Yeah. We're cavemen. They're not. They've got a lot more things going through their just physically, physiologically. But I'm not gonna go. <laughs> That's gonna sound terrible. I'm not gonna do the research on this stat. <laughs> Good, but I know it's correct. If you took the top five women, I guarantee you they had 20 plus first round losses this year in tournaments. If you take the top five men, they probably had one or well, zero. Well, you have to take out the top three because well, men, men suck at tennis. Right. Women might not have as much consistency. Men just suck. The at men have the opposite problem. Yeah, but I mean, even so, like even the even the five to 20 men, they rarely lose first round. Right, they might lose second, third. And part of that is the depth of tennis and all that. But I just mean, that's what you mean about not being able to get excited. Right. And no, it's, eh, it's not about your menstruation. <laughs> Don't come at me with that crap. It's everything. It's physiological. Yeah, you've never said that had anything to do with it. Um, it does but, yeah, also. Right. But that's I don't have that kind of chemical change going on in me. Yeah. Um, I don't think. When they I don't, don't have, know how they don't I have the option to say I don't. I'm not going to play today. They still got to go out and play. Well, they can, no matter what. But, yeah, but <laughs> their career wouldn't last very long. So yeah. So I, listen, it is a tough deal. I'm not saying it's not easy, but it is a. It's an actual thing, and so I don't. I don't get bothered by that, or or I understand that. I don't understand it, of course, but you know I have some sense that okay, I, I see what's happening, so um, I can overlook that from the standpoint of the performance sometimes if it's emotional control but sorry they still have to deal with it and so um being able to overcome that and not just that <laughs> forget it i'm done i'm out <laughs> i'm right and i and i'll sound well, more wrong if i try to explain uh, it. and i was gonna say our counter 
people are going to say that what well, you know Serena can dominate, you know, multiple tournaments a year, and but that's we've said she's just so much better. It doesn't even matter. Like it's not even a fair comparison, right? That she's just so much better than everybody else. Uh, all right, let's get on to safer ground when, <laughs> when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, on to real tennis, the men. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We are back, and uh, I don't want to talk about hormones. I was going to say, was there a men's tournament this week? So we had the women's tournament that we couldn't watch, and the men's tournament that meant nothing. <laughs> the men, women's tennis we couldn't watch, the men's tennis we didn't want to watch. <laughs> I um, did. I get sucked in, though. We always say we're not going to care, and why, and then I end up watching it. Well, we had two different 500s. How's that for negative? I watched it. I wanted to watch it. I got excited. <laughs> So, by the way, I got another tweet back from that guy or whatever. He said, hey, I'm the negative guy. I said, well, that's on you, brother. Um, and, and I guess he added an addendum to it, and he was like, uh, he said, uh, maybe do a show with uh, like your top 20 or top 10. Out of, I, either way is too many. Problems with tennis? No, no. Oh. Pos- best 10 things or best 20 things. that ha- I can't remember the number. Either way, 10 or 20 is too many um, that happened in tennis this year. And okay. so my thought was... Labor Cup, number one. No. My thought was uh, no. No. How about no? How about... Because it would take too long to figure out 10 things that were good. <sighs> so we have two 500s that are eight hours apart, nine hours apart from each other. Which it actually makes sounds com- good. Does it? Well, because you got live tennis to watch all day. Oh, fair. in theory. Well, anyway, you know, so one's in Basel, uh, and the other is in Vienna, which is lovely this time of year. What do you think the viability is? This is this is this is on topic. It's going to sound like it's not, but of having all tennis finals being on Sunday, because you're always competing with NFL. And you know they want. So you want to switch them to Saturday? Yeah, like Saturday evening or Saturday night. Uh, yep. or even Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you got college football, so I guess what's the difference? But I just feel like uh, the tournaments always grind to a halt because you've, you're competing with the biggest sport in America every time. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, I would say... I think the U.S. Open has had that problem because they keep trying to figure out when they can get the most. Yeah. They're going to fill up their stands regardless. Yeah, it's in a, it's in a major city, a world city, with, you know... Eight, eight to 11 million people plus everybody flies in from all over the world so uh, yeah but, I mean, but, what but they yeah need the is money the yeah the money is is on the tv right uh with the tv deals um i mean i almost think you'd be better off having it sundays at 10 a.m than you know doing it between it's always between 12 and 6 which is when right. all the games are going on right yeah yeah i mean even sunday night at least you're only competing with one game and if that game happens to be a dud yeah you you can get those people, and maybe tennis and football fans don't cross over, but they do with us. I do. Yeah, and so put it this way: every tennis fan is a football fan. Not every football fan is a tennis, <laughs> fan. right? Uh, obviously, not everyone. Please don't write. <laughs> but yeah, I just wonder. I just feel like a lot of times you get to the end of the tournament and people are occupied, and don't even pay attention to the finals, 
which is when you want the most people watching, I would assume. They could start every tournament on Sunday, so you still can fill up your stands on Sunday. Right. And then finish on, I don't know, fr- even Friday night, maybe. No, I like Saturday. I don't know what you'd have on Saturday. but I yeah. like Saturday. And then, you know, you, all your seated players that have buys are probably going to be in the later rounds right. on Saturday. And but I feel like, And I feel like Saturday, I feel like college football fans are much more, you know, regional. They're, they watch their team and that's it. People yeah. don't watch just the sport of college football. Right, and once your team loses one game, it's all the whole season <laughs> right. is blown to bits. So you can you can watch a tennis match if your team isn't playing at that exact moment or if they're out of it. Well, and of course, we are the most important market. <laughs> and, I, and I do mean that, you know, both facetiously and honestly, because if we were super popular in tennis, we're all that matters. Right. Because the amount of money we have. And, you know, and we don't have a billion people, but we have 350 million, 330 right. million. Um, but the amount of money we have to spend is so much more. Um, and then, of course, it doesn't matter because nobody likes tennis in this country, which is why we do the podcast. <laughs> well, that didn't sound right. We but do you, it. We do it because we want people to like it, <laughs> not because they don't. But yeah, I can understand. I don't I can understand the European tournaments having it on Sunday. But like when they have that American swing in the spring. And in the but I know, and I mean just from Sundays in general, not even with football. I don't know that Sunday, you know, late afternoon, evening, is the best time you're getting the most potential viewers. How about doing what I do with a lot of tournaments I run? Why don't you start tournaments on Saturday and Sunday? Right. So you get the, all the matches. Yeah, exactly. All the matches are during the bulk two days people are off work, and then as you you go two full days. You knock out two rounds. I am shocked every slam has not gone to starting on Sunday. To me, that's just crazy Start that they haven't on done that. Saturday. Even better. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked because everybody would be there that opening weekend. Right. I mean, yeah, they're probably getting... March Madness. It's what we talk about. Right. Those first couple of days in March Madness are just games. There's five different channels, and right. it's like they, they're like offset by like 20 minutes yeah. or something. And so like you're... At the first half of this game, which is kind of boring, so you jump to the other game, which is late in the second, and then you can come back to that other game, and it's all just all happening. And one thing that drives me crazy about the world, and and the yeah, sports world, the tennis oh, world, oh, 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 <laughs> is that when something is moderately successful, they won't change anything about it. And so, like the U.S. Open would never change because they're making whatever seven hundred million dollars. But if they started on Saturday, if they they would. If they started every match at midnight <laughs> right. and did midnight to 6 a.m., they would still make a fortune. Right. It's the U.S. Open. It's one of the four yeah. Super Bowls, if you will, of the year. But they would make 20% more money, like you said, about if they started on Saturday morning. If they started Saturday, you would have everybody would be at home for the bulk of those all the, all the matches you don't quote-unquote care about. Right. Because by Thursday, when the final's on, you're going to care about it anyway. Yeah. That following Thursday. Right. So, once again, give us the keys. (laughs) There's there's one of your top ten positive things. How about that? (laughs) Do everything this podcast says. (laughs) I'm positive about that. But, I mean, really, they they have qualifying on Saturday. I mean, how dumb is that? No one cares. Right. Uh, I mean, because... Qualifying is worse than majors because you don't even have top 100 players. Well, and they've got control over that schedule leading up to it. Right. And I'm sorry. By the way, you notice we talked about the actual tournament of the women, but on the men, we just don't care. But I, I mean, you're telling, and and you think there's anybody that's going to be playing in the week leading up to it and say, sorry, I can't play on Saturday. I'm in the finals of, you know, Hergottenbach or however you pronounce that. I'm like, they're going to drop everything to be in that Saturday 
Saturday well, no, but they're already opening here. match. Right. They're here for the U.S. Open Series. And the vast majority aren't playing that that previous week anyway. And they can even cut that one off. Right. They're in control of the U.S. Open Series, and whatever they do, the other tournaments will fall in line. Yeah, and then you have three weekends. I mean, if we looked at daily attendance, I guarantee you that the Saturday Sundays are huge compared to the weekdays. Uh, yeah, I can tell you that they are being there. Right. Well, yeah, once again, do what we say. So anyway, on to actual tennis, <laughs> uh, we, which we don't care um, on the men's side. Although, again, anytime other players in the big four, big three are winning, it's all right. Which ha- Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so Federer won his 99th 99th tournament in Basel no close um, no his 99th um, it tournament like, it feels like yeah no kidding uh, his 99th tournament total career wise so good yippity do <laughs> how many of those were competitive anyway um, so anything did you get to see any of the men's tennis since uh, our sexist uh, TV coverage actually had it I did. I watched a decent amount uh, of that tournament, actually. And again, it's I have a hard time, and it, it makes me sound dumb, but I don't care. I have a hard time f- figuring out which tournament is which when I'm watching. Right. I'm like, okay, well, this guy's <laughs> winning. Is he going to play this guy? Or Wait a minute. How can four people be in the finals? What? I know. You always think they're going to end up playing each other, and it's like, oh, wait, they're in two different places. They're in the other one. Yeah. Well, you are dumb. <laughs> um, so here's the deal. Zverev, the two seed, lost to an unseeded player. Um I mean, you know, he gave Roger a tough, uh, you know, a tough little something-something. In yeah. the finals, it was 5-4. and four. I mean, you Which know. is better than the last time they played. Well, here's the funny thing is that, you know, I'm, this is an unseeded player that pushed him harder than most of the seeded players would have. Of course. I mean, he played Medvedev. Collusion. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it was 6-1, and I think he was up a double break early. And then I think he might have been up... 5-2 or something. It ended up winning 6-4. Uh, so Medvedev, you know, made it interesting. Um, Jill Simon pushed him a little bit. I saw that match. Yeah. That's and who, I was really interested in the Medvedev match because last time they played, it was, it was you know, down to, the, yeah. down to the wire. And I think that's one thing about Federer. When you play somebody close to the one time, he's going to crush him the next time. Yeah. Because everybody's going to be focused when they play him. He can drift in and out of focus. And, uh, Which he seemed to all throughout that tournament, and he did every time. Like I said, every time I see a tournament where it's like his first round was three sets, three and five for a second. His his third round was uh, three sets. You know, it was like I'm thinking, uh, is that the is this the this is it? It's almost over. He's going to retire. This is the end. <laughs> no, no, it won't be. But um, it really has looked like that this year. And then he wins the tournament. So how can you say that? I mean, how can you retire? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing. I think what we've talked about, of course, is he can do this. Well, maybe he can't. Maybe he can't spend so much time off the court. Because the bottom line is, there's a you know, it's like the old Indianapolis Colts. You know, when they were, you know, with Tony Dungy, and they'd always be, you know, thirteen and three at the end of the year. And so those last two games, nobody would play, and it was that rest versus rust argument. <laughs> and it's even more the case. With I don't know if it's more the case. It's probably not. It's probably more the case with a team because you're not actually working together and, and getting that timing down. But for an individual sport, it should be easier. Uh, but maybe that's it. Maybe just not being as sharp. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's 
I'm actually I'm really surprised, and obviously Basel's his home country, but I'm really surprised that he's been playing uh, all these tournaments because he really doesn't care about the ranking. He can't care about the money. Maybe he cares about his total tournament, you know, number of tournaments. Maybe he's trying won. to hit a hundred, yeah. Um, but it, it's I've been pretty surprised that he's been doing it because we kind of thought that everybody was going to pack it in at least the top three, and we knew Djokovic wouldn't because he's just getting, getting back, back into it. But yep. but I'm pretty surprised the rest of the guys. Zverev and team we've joked they'll play every tournament no matter where they are. Right. And nothing to show for it. <laughs> so, um, so on the other tournament, was in Vienna, nine hours away from uh, Basel. And uh, K.A. K.A. got him a dubs over <laughs> over a um, back-to-form Nishikori, which I'm glad to see. Because I think he's in that same group with Chilich and, well, not Delpo. Let me take my hat off and bow my head for a moment of silence. <laughs> For Delpo once again. Wow, what a just a disaster for that fella. <laughs> well, and Mr. Negative's gonna come out again and, and say, How can we get excited about Nishikori and Anderson in the final? Because they're both journeymen, essentially. They're better than journeymen, but you know what I mean. They're yeah. they're on the tail end of their careers. Yeah. Uh, Anderson especially. And so what are they really gonna build from that? Yeah, but it's I, I think it just reaffirms that you know, that's very age group sucks right and you've got a couple of guys and i think key would have been one of them okay whatever yeah. his name is <laughs> nisha Corey. um and anderson obviously is in that mix to be kind of that next group they can't ever beat them but they're right, right there they, they can every now and again but uh I th- yeah what's going to be interesting is just if they get a two-year window nisha Corey will anderson is is too late but yeah maybe if they get a two-year window without those guys can they do anything? But Anderson's got the serve and the height, you know. So I mean, but I mean, but he needs to come to the net. To oh, get these points over faster. Right. But I mean, and, and maybe because he's got a serve, he can last longer. But I mean, yeah, I see him retiring before Federer. Yeah, after yeah, before Djokovic is what I meant for sure. Maybe a little bit after Nadal and Federer, but but he doesn't have the game to beat Djokovic. Right. Not that I know anybody that does right now. But, right. But yeah, it's just hard to get excited about seeing guys win knowing it's not going to lead to anything yeah like well, i would love to see Poss win a tournament a big you, tournament and then you got hope shop of all of and team and well i at the risk of being negative <laughs> i'm not making fun of that guy either i'm really not no um, I, we said we understood what he was saying because i'm definitely negative but it first of all it's negative for positive purposes Right. I'm pointing out all the things that you need to do better. <laughs> so I'm you never, meaning me. <laughs> yeah, well definitely. I've yeah. never been good at the compliment sandwich. Yes. Like, oh, that's a that's a nice hat you have. Too yeah. bad it's on your big dumb head. Right. <laughs> but hey, at least you're not you know, you're covering up from the sun. Yeah. So that's a compliment sandwich. <laughs> Talked about your nice hat. But then in between I said you have a big dumb head. Right. And then I said, Hey, you're really protecting yourself from those UV rays. Good thinking. <laughs> That's a compliment sandwich, Corey. That's what we call it in the business. <laughs> I'm not good at that. Right. I just say, hey, why do you have such a big, dumb head? Yeah. You need a bigger hat. Right. That's, you know, and guess what? You get a bigger hat, you're protecting yourself even more. <laughs> so isn't ultimately it positive? But that's my nature. I don't know, you know. Well, I mean, what I don't know what the alternative is, is to come on every week and just marvel at Federer's greatness for the last 15. I mean, what are we supposed to say? We would have to dig. Right. For, and and on the women's side, it's hard right. because we can't see. I mean, I can't remember the last women's match I've watched. 
Probably U.S. Open. Yeah. I, uh, not on purpose. I want to. <laughs> right. Yeah, we PN. have Serena and Osaka is the women's match we have in our memory because it's the last time we've been able to see one. So I think we'd probably be a lot more positive. You want, you, you want the top 10 things in tennis that are positive? One through ten, women's tennis. I was going to say, number one is tennis coming back to the tennis channel, women's tennis. Thank God. Um, so that's a positive. I'm at the one through ten right, players. I know. <laughs> okay. Give it something. Let it breathe before you start yapping. <laughs> I did look up, by the way, while we were talking, 800,000 people the U.S. Open had this year, and that's without Saturday-Sunday. I mean, without matches on Saturday-Sunday. Right. So in my mind, you add two more days, that's got to be another 100,000 people. Um, or more. Yeah. So Yeah. Not more. That's a lot. It's crazy. Well, 800,000 divided by 14 days, you know. Seriously. That's, now? Uh, we're going to do math now? <laughs> I mean, that tells you, just based on that, it's like Chick-fil-A being closed on Sunday. That drives me crazy, by the way. Um, um, Jesus. It's for <laughs> doesn't G- eat. He doesn't eat. Good point. People that go to church don't eat. You know, even though that's all church people do after they get out of church is go eat. <laughs> Maybe you should start going. Never mind. That's a different <laughs> podcast, a different discussion. Those are bigger than your problems. So um, now we have a really, really important tournament coming up. <laughs> the Lost Masters, if you will. <laughs> oh, the uh, who's the defending champion? I don't know. Jack Sock. Oh, my God. Are you serious <laughs> yes. right now? You- so this is when he's going to drop out of the top 50. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Imagine if they did it like you said at Wimbledon, where they he just had to play one match to defend the title. That would be his only oh chance. Oh, my God. Like in the 1920s? Has there ever been a defending champion who hasn't qualified <laughs> the next year? <laughs> I wish we had a laugh they, track. I need to get a laugh track on my laptop. They won't give him a wild card, uh, even though he's a defending champion. No, he'll be ranked just because of the tournament that he's entering. So, literally, he's using his ranking from 51 weeks ago to get in the tournament. He is a 16 seed, sir. It'll be the it'll be the last tournament he's seated for the next <laughs> for his career <laughs> until the next challenger for he the, plays in. <laughs> it'll be the last. Here I'm trying to figure out how I can phrase this. I guess he could. No, I'm going to say it's the last time he's seated outside of America for at least six months. So Houston, he'll come in as a four, right? Okay, for at least six months, he will not be. No seated. offense, Houston. He could be the 31 seed, you know, at Australia or something, but. Um, any other tournament. That's exactly why we need to go back to 16 seeds. <laughs> right. Well, they the, are... Isner's is it, rule is his tiebreak rule. The Jack Sock rule is, <laughs> until he retires, go back to I've 16 I've already forgotten seeds. which tournament is going to 16. Is it Australia? None of them. Oh, I thought one of them was going back to 16. I, I thought they decided against it. Oh, maybe they did. Don't we you sh- pay attention. <laughs> I think they were talking about it on BN. There you go. So, yeah. So, Paris coming up. So, what a disaster <laughs> we'd rather talk about that's positive we'd rather talk about the term that's upcoming than the past let's talk about the future zuhai <laughs> so well, we do have a women's tournament coming up zuhai um but you know whatever i don't know anything about it who does sock play or they don't have the draws out oh my god you said he was a 16 seed he is <laughs> um it's not filled in um oh he plays oh yeah that. it is yes it is Oh, they do have the qualifiers in there now. Well, he's probably already out by the time this airs. (laughs) (laughs) That's so terrible. Oh, my goodness. Joe Willie is a wild card. Yeah, baby. Benoit Pair had to qualify in his home country, for God's sakes. I don't know what that has to do anything. Oh, I saw he was seated, but that was in the qualifying. 
Yeah. Yeah. He was seated in qualifying. So, yeah. So, um, Jack Sock, of course, earned a buy, and he will lose to, I mean, play (laughs) the winner of, ooh, Richard Gasquet and Denis Shapovalov. Oh, God. He is no. Shapovalov. So, how is the the worst player of the three (laughs) the one that's seated? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's not winning. He's not winning that match. Oh, this is positive. He's positively the worst player in this draw. Let me ask you this. Do you go into that tournament with any level of confidence after the year you've had, even though you're defending champion? If I'm Jack Sock? Yeah. No, he hasn't had confidence since 1972. (laughs) But, I mean, you won the tournament last year. You've got to walk in and get some kind of Listen, I will will say this. The level of (laughs) self-awareness of American human beings in this day and age under the age of 30 (laughs) Maybe under the age of twenty five. I don't know how Jack Sock is. He's got to be seventy. Um, the 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 level of self awareness is so low. And to be quite honest, if you're a, a professional athlete, I guess maybe by nature it needs to be low. You you can't be Jack Sock cannot possibly for his own well being be self aware enough to know how bad he sucks. Right. He can't be. Well, or or maybe he is, which is why he looked up and said, I did what last year? Oh, <laughs> we can't have that again. And now he's going to the tank. Maybe that, maybe that's the, the story. Well, what's so weird about being a pro athlete, I would assume, because I don't know this, uh, but you know, we all ridicule every backup quarterback in the NFL and talk about how much they suck, but they're one of the best 50 quarterbacks in the world. So Sog is one of the best you know, 40 tennis players in the world, but... Yet he probably has zero confidence because he loses. Exhibit A, that this is the weakest error in He would the be history. number 500 in 1999. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, what I mean is that everybody on the tour, as we've talked about, is amazing. But relative to the people he's playing, he's right. awful. Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, no one sucks. But I mean, he's got a... Don't you go in with just some confidence just because you're practicing every day, you're hitting amazing shots in practice, you got a coach telling you how great you are. There's got to be something to that. Yeah, but you're not playing in a vacuum. Right. Now, maybe he should be vacuuming things up for a living <laughs> instead of playing time. But he's not playing in a vacuum, so he's not playing guys like us. He's playing guys like he's playing, so he's also got to understand, oh, they're some of the best players in the history, right. blah, 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 in the world, whatever you If say. you're his coach, do you set up, like, guys to come tank and practice? <laughs> Tomato cans. Right. Like Rocky 1. <laughs> no, it was you're Rocky, a bum rock. Rocky 3 when he comes out and he's beating everybody and then he finally has to fight uh, Clever Lang and uh, you're a paper champion. You haven't fought anybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what they got to do. They got to pull guys out. pain. <laughs> they got to pull guys out and just... Hey, this guy's number two twenty in the world, and I'll give you five hundred bucks if you let Sock win. You know, six one six one. Come on, now that's the worst thing you can say about an athlete. <laughs> no, but I'm saying in a practice. Oh, in not a practice. In a, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, Fair enough. Because, and I mean, and I'm not saying. I mean, that guy's got to make a living too. But he is the greatest doubles player in the history yeah. of the game. <laughs> After two slams or whatever, oh, he's God. we have to hear that number that's one in the world. So unbelievable. Anyway. So yeah, so Jack Sock, your your 16 seed, not mine. <laughs> so he's going to be rocking Paris. The upside is he's going to have a lot of time to really sightsee and get some <laughs> get down to Champs Elysees, if you will. Every time I hear about them in like a really nice location like Paris or London, I remember Isner from a few years ago when he said 
he hated being a pro tennis player because he had to travel these awful places. <laughs> like, yeah, like Monte Carlo and Paris and London, Australia. It's terrible. Well, it's because all the doors. See, back in the old days, people were shorter, so all the doorways are real <laughs> short. So I hit my head on them. So you know that right. big galoot. And it's real hilly, and he gets super tired <laughs> really quickly walking up and down hills. Um, maybe that's why he hasn't won a slam yet. Because he's Will an American make the quarters? Of what, Paris? Yeah. There's several in there. Woo-wee. All right. Let's go down the list of Americans. This is something positive. Yeah. The positive yeah. is we have a lot of Americans playing. Here's what we got. So in order, or not in order, but from the top of the draw to the bottom, the mighty 16 seed, Jack Sock. I should have said the 16 seed, the mighty Jack Sock. Time out. I just I read a headline that says Federer has a nightmare draw. Oh. So I'm curious about that, too. He's playing Jack Sock. <laughs> That'd be a nightmare for anybody. Um, <laughs> and in fact, Nadal's playing. I didn't realize that. He is that. playing. Oh, okay. So Jack Sock, Tiafo, or TFO, if you will, um, Isner, who plays a wild card. Or a special exemption. Kukushkin got in as a special exemption. I think he just lost to him recently. There you go. That's helpful. Um, let's see. Come on down. And Stevie Johnson is going to lose to uh, uh, Batista Agu immediately. <laughs> and then um, that's it. So, yes, um, answer to, my, to your question is no. No, they're not. <laughs> Stevie Johnson's going to lose to Agut in the first round, and even if he doesn't, he's going to lose to Dimitrov. Because guess who Dimitrov is in Paris with? <laughs> you know who? Uh -uh. You don't know who Dimitrov is in Paris with? Dating someone? No, oh. maybe I don't know what they're into. <laughs> I mean, the guy's from Vegas. He's wild. Oh, not Agassi. Agassi. He's trick coaching him. I or they're just. I don't know. It's a very very romantic romantic city. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. He was seen on court with Agassi in Paris. We need another talk about someone who plays nothing like him. It doesn't matter. That's not... First of all... Is that a myth? What? That you need to play like someone to be able to coach them? Yeah, that's not... Because I get calls all the time. Like, I got a call recently and it said... <laughs> Nobody plays like you. <laughs> you would only be able to coach like... You'd have to travel far and wide to find that one guy <laughs> so, who's oh, only got one arm. Only because you brought this up. <laughs> I had a match today, oh, and the God. guy says, you remind me of someone else that I've played. And I said, I've never heard that in 20 years. Um, <laughs> Neither said, the other guy. I, and then I should have said, no, that was me you played. <laughs> I'm the only person. <laughs> but he said that, and I we're, said, hey, I can honestly tell you, folks, I've never heard we're that. saying he stinks, okay? We're saying he stinks. <laughs> I, was, I, t I literally told him, I said, I can tell you that I've never heard that before. <laughs> I mean, you're a good solid 5-0, right? Oh, yeah. That doesn't stink. No. It's just your it's just your backhand is a disaster. Just looking at me. Oh, my God. You would think I have never played tennis before. Oh, um, wow. So anyway, I got a call the other day, and the guy said um, he wanted to work on his backhand. And he said, do you have, <laughs> all jokes aside, he said, do you have a one-handed backhand? And I said, yeah, I do. He goes, okay, I want to work with you. And I thought, well, I teach people daily two-handed backhands. Right. I'm certainly not teaching them mine. Um, so I thought that was the first time I've ever been asked that, but I thought, but well, I've been guilty of saying stuff like that, too. Like, it, well, let me just tell you, I have a one-hander, and so I do think I have a little more intimate knowledge on the nuances of one-hander. Right. But with that being said, you know, somebody with a one-hander who's 5'7", 
I'm 6'3". It's right. slightly different. I mean, there's some things that are different. You got to play your game a little different. But as long as you know that, then it's not even, you know, it's not that big of a deal at all. And we've all been trained on all the strokes. Well, some like, of us have. But yeah, <laughs> well, we don't use I don't use them, but I've I've been trained on them. Yeah, uh, so no, yeah, that's a that's a myth. Now, playing at that level in all the variables that somebody that doesn't play in that level can't fathom yeah there's some there's definitely something to be said to that plus somebody like agassi who has gone through periods of time where he wasn't giving it his all and maybe he had some of those same emotional control issues as you could read in his book with the hair plugs and the meth and whatever the hell his dad used to beat him or whatever all that crap I don't. I'm making that up. I, I'm assuming some of that stuff happened. But anyway, so no. It's, so now, that's Gre- pretty accurate. And Dimitrov now is dealing with some not the same stuff, but he's, you know, he's got struggling. Some, yeah, confidence issues, consistency issues. So, and I do think it seems to me that I, I that I think Dimitrov would be. This is what I remember. I said this about Dimitrov or um, Djokovic Agassi that Ag, what Agassi really has to offer. Djokovic doesn't need. That's what I always said. We both knew that was never going to work because there was nothing that Agassi did that Novak didn't already do. That's wrong. Well, what I mean is... That he's willing right. to to go backward, yeah. open himself up to, and then move forward. And that's the spiritual side of the game. And I'm not being silly when I say that. The, 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 purpose, the purpose that Agassi found in the game later in his career is a thing of legends. It's a yeah. thing that if any player could find any piece of that, then they would understand why I love this game as much as I do. Right. And maybe you too. But I th- I would think that Dimitrov is a little more open and it seems like it's going to be a better fit in that regard that he's going to help Dimitrov find his why. Well, and my guess is the, I always look at coaching from the technical side in terms of why is so-and-so, why is he coaching him? He can't, but at this level, they've all got the technical that they're going to have. Nothing that's not changing for the most part. Right, some tweaks. Nobody's. So, like for me, I, I thought Djokovic should have gotten like an Ivanisevic, but he's not going to have Ivanisevic serve no matter who his coach is. Right. So that's the part that I'm simplifying that I shouldn't. Like you said, it's more at that level. It's more well, about he, making listen, the next step. Phil Jackson wasn't the greatest player in the history of the world. Right. But he was able to coach some of the greatest players in the history of the game. So that's what somebody like Djokovic needs, who is at the absolute top, and most people can't beat him. But now we got to squeeze a little more blood out of that rock. You know, you got to squeeze a little more water out of that rock because there's more to be had, but there's not a lot of people that know how to get that much more out of you. And it's not magic words either, it's relational. I mean, you have to have a relationship with that person and you have to trust them in a level that we don't have to deal with. If I'm making a, a, a change with a 3-5 lady, no offense, ladies, <laughs> you're some of my favorite. Um, if I'm making a, a, a change, they only have to trust me in as far as they think my knowledge is valid. Right. Djokovic has to have a level of trust in Agassi to say, hey, I am at the pinnacle. All I can do here is slide down the mountain. Right. So how are you going to help me get to the absolute t- i guess the pinnacle is the top but you know what i mean it's like <laughs> yeah. i'm almost at the pinnacle right well um, we've even said if you took the top 100 players and just looked at them hitting the ball physically you wouldn't right. be able to tell the difference right. so there's always that's the part they're looking for the at you know adding and that's why they're all adding grand slam champions now 
when you take a guy like Tsitsipas Pass or you know anybody like that, they have like Med- Medvedev against Federer. I mean, he looked like he looked awful. He looked right. like he couldn't he couldn't play. Yeah. I mean, he he looked like a bad tennis player. Yeah. He had so many unforced errors; it was ridiculous. And some of that was shot selection. You know, not much of it was pure technique. It right. was maybe hitting the wrong shot, which made your technique look stupid uh, because you're trying to do the wrong thing. And and so to some degree, Agassi could come in and say, hey, play more disciplined. And he's got the wherewithal to, to pull that off because Medvedev is going to say, well, that makes sense. Right. You're, you're an all-time great yeah. Hall of Famer. Uh, you've won more Grand Slams than I've won tournaments. So, all right, so more discipline. So don't do dumb things. Got it. Now, yeah. he already knows, mo- for the most part, I'm assuming, all the dumb things. Although, I've gotten some pretty good players who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just really good physically, and they can get away with it in so, right. to some degree. But that's not Djokovic. Yeah. But that could be, that could be Grigor. That could certainly be Dimitrov. And I think there's a situation we're going to look and say, this tournament, maybe, he could have an immediate impact on him. Well, I think we've all recognize that most of Dimitrov's problems are mental or emotional, emotional. either way. Um, both. And, Could and be both. Because uh, he has as good a strokes as anybody. So it's, you know, what somebody can do to get that mentality there, if it's possible. Maybe it's not. Um, and I, I mean, I think the first step, you know, like a addict, the first step is admitting you need help. And, yeah, and that's the first. And Kyrgios hasn't been willing to admit that. Djokovic couldn't do it. No. Kyrgios for a different reason than Djokovic. Right. See, I don't. Djokovic, I don't have a problem with that that thing not working out. Right. At all. I mean, because he tried it. Well, or did he? We don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how. I don't did. think he bought into it. Now we don't know why. Right. Well, like I said, I don't think. And it I, could be that he's not a good coach. I mean, we have no idea. He could be awful. Or he could be... I think Michael Jordan would be a terrible basketball coach. Or he could be awful for certain people. Right. Because I, I really think probably it's a lot more feel. But keep in mind, Agassi got coached by some great coaches. Right. Who also use horrific nicknames ad nauseum to the <laughs> point where I can't stand it anymore. You've told me, but people, why are people not enlisting him as a coach? For the same reason because <laughs> he because he's probably got a nickname for every shot and they can't take it i mean cahill is taken now by Hallop, but how is gilbert not getting called and maybe he is but how is he not getting called monthly or maybe he doesn't want to be a full-time coach anymore. maybe i don't know if he's got kids that are like younger i mean but I, you would think that would be at the top of the list for almost anyone yeah but if he, he don't want to be on the road 50 weeks out of the year either that's what i mean it may be his choice we don't know that detail but I, he, that's got to be a higher gig than espn tennis though no. Surely. Of course. <laughs> but, Depending well, on who, how they do. Lifestyle, no. Right. Prestige, money, et cetera, probably for sure. But so anyway, yeah. So, all right. So here's, here's uh, so you said Federer's got a, a tough draw. So he's got the winner of, well, not the winner of, he's going to have uh, Raonic, who's probably going to beat Sanga. So he'll have Raonic. If he wins that, he'll have, if the seed holds, he'll have Fonini. Or if Benoit wins, he'll have the winner of Benoit and Fonini. <laughs> yeah, baby. Finally, one of our predictions is going to... And my favorite last name, I won't say it this week, is who Benoit plays first round. Yes. <laughs> and you don't know how to say it, but I love the way you pronounce it. Uh, so then if he gets through there, he's got Kevin Anderson and Nishikori, uh, who will play their second match 
each third round total, but they both have a bye. So that's a bummer. Um, so anyway, so that's his. So Dimitrov is the nine seed, and he's going to have the winner of Agut, uh, Stevie Johnson, which I think is going to be a, a Batista Agut. And then if he wins that, he'll have the Chilich right. um, group. Cole Schreiber? And I don't see Federer's draw being any tougher than anybody else. I don't either. So I, d- I don't either. We're so used to Federer having crap draws. I will say compared to his normal draw, it's tough, but I would hardly call it a nightmare. So Sita Pass comes through. He play, If he wins his match, he's got a bye. He'll play Djokovic um, in the third round um, if he wins his second round match. Because obviously both of them have a bye. Um, all right. So what is your? So nobody is making it past the second round. Um, <laughs> no, that's I'll pass not the true. Second round. Isner is gonna. Um, well, you know, because he's already in the second round. Um, he is. N- he's gonna make. Mm. I mean, he should win against either of those guys, but there's a lot of times he should win. Mm. I mean, it's hard court, so it's not. And see, I think Nadal has such a tougher draw. He's got Verdasco and then Shapovalov. And then team and or Chorich. And then sock. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't see. Oh, him. I see. But I mean, that's to me, that's a way tougher draw. And Chorich. Yeah. Yeah. Chor- Chorich or team. Team. Yeah. That's either one. Huh. <laughs> that's just funny to me. All right. So perception of, of draws. To me, the most interesting thing is the Dimitrov Agassi um, pairing, and it's brand new as far as I know. So, but. I think this is a situation, if I'm a coach, I mean, I am a coach, but if I was a coach here, I mean, it's, yes, it's a Masters 1000, but it's, it might as well be on Christmas Day. It's so late. Nobody <laughs> cares. It's the lost one, no, whatever. So I, that's the first thing that I would give my players some confidence saying, hey, this is a great tournament with really good competition for us to develop our, you know, our style together you know, for me to get comfortable with working with you and you, me, and and, the, and then, so, hey, let's try some things. See, you know, I'll just give you some tidbits I see, give them a whirl, throw them out there, and then so he can play loose because this is a practice tournament right? in my mind. Um, maybe not in his, maybe not in Agassiz, but whatever. That's got to be the hardest thing on the Pro Tour in terms of coaching is that you just need results immediately because the points for, for the, your ranking and your points. Oh, sure. I mean, you can't afford to have three bad months, and then all of a sudden you're not even getting the big tournaments. Right. Um, I mean, obviously you should be able to see the results on the practice court and practice matches and all that. But So this is a good time for a coach to start, I would think. End of the year, a couple more tournaments, and then you got an offseason to work you know, on that stuff. So, again, predictions are dumb, but I, I, I am interested to see what Dimitrov looks like um, throughout this tournament. And it'll be tricky because obviously he's played great before. So and it's I not- can't remember seeing his name. Well, he got he had to play Warinka first round twice this year. Yeah, and lost both times. Yeah, uh, and I didn't see Warinka's name in this tournament, so he may be back out again. Um, so you can't really say anything about you know his play based on that. No, but you know I, it'll be it'll just be interesting because I want it to work. I want Agassi in what he brings to the table to be inserted into this, you know, group. Right. That, you know, I mean, Dimitrov is older, but, you know, whatever, that that ranking group, that area. Well, I would think the one level of inspiration he provides is that the fact that he was so successful at an older age 
Dimitrov's realizing he's probably, got time, right? You know, and hey, the average age is older now than right. it was in Agassi's day and age back in the. And if Stone Agassi age. can just give him some of his, you know, work ethic that he had later in his career, and he the, might, I don't know what kind. I, I, that's one thing I don't know anything about Dimitrov off the court. I have no idea, right? But, but he's he's a mess. Yeah, he doesn't have it put together, and I think Agassi can provide some structure that can help him put it together. To, but to me, that pairing totally makes sense on the surface as opposed to Djokovic Agassi to me that never made sense and Dimitrov seems to be balding or something so it's perfect <laughs> absolutely I think that's why he did it I think it's just he's gonna shave his head if he wins this tournament I guess uh, um something's going on with but at hair. least we have a storyline I should be interested in positivity well, and here's the deal by the way we're talking about a coaching you know matchup with a player and and I mean, it's a famous per- player, right. all-time great, so it's it's fun in that regard. And it's somebody from my favorite era yeah. of tennis, um, which obviously I understand gives me <laughs> some level of bias. <laughs> Not when I'm talking about the greatest era in the history, <laughs> weakest and all that, but um, but I do like it. But I would, you know how I'd like it even more? No. <laughs> Golly. If Sampras so- was coaching his opponent? No. No. Oh. cares about that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear him drone on. He'd be like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, why can't you just hit an ace when you're down exactly. 30 40? That's what I, I mean. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with great players, which is hard to coach. I, right. I had to overcome that. <laughs> so if, um, so if, uh, no, no, no. If they had college style coaching. Oh, absolutely. That, or even, or even the way the women's do it. No, no, no. That sucks. Well, it sucks, but I, but in terms of, for viewership, it would be better than none. True. I yeah. think so, true. No, no, I think they should be Davis Cup style, Fed Cup style, college style, however you want to call it. You think that you can always, coach. or you're just saying that because I can see the coach? No, 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 all the time. Okay. And the way you fix that from Federer playing against some scrub in the first round who can't afford a coach right. is if the only way you can have coaches on the sideline is if both uh, players agree. Okay. Um, or if both players have a coach. Well, everybody's got a coach, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Because wouldn't you just not agree if the other guy's coach was good? <laughs> like, I wouldn't want Agassi on the court if I'm playing. Well, then you could maybe say only on certain, like, in-between sets, maybe. Yeah. It's universal. If you don't bring your coach, you don't bring your coach, but right. it's universal. And then, hey, you know what? Have a bunch of coaches down there in the pit. I, you totally would. So, I, I think I think nonstop on-court coaching, a la Davis Cup, clapping and hollering dumb stuff like right here right this point really yeah not the next one just that <laughs> oh i was gonna lose this one and win the next one but i used to have a guy right. i played with that absolutely hated that yeah it like, come on get this point what do you what well <laughs> i was about to say what he actually said which i can't say on this like of course say, what the f you think i'm gonna do <laughs> well uh, you're gonna shank another return to the fence you <laughs> jack wagon but uh um, but no yeah. so that would make it a million times better, but just from the standpoint of Dimitrov and really, str- hopefully, really strengthening and add every player is really good physically. Let's just add some depth to this era with some good coaching. When I'm saying this is a co- we we rarely disagree, but I'm saying this is a coach. I don't want on court coaching simply because I love the aspect of tennis of problem solving. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't, mind the, I don't mind the set breaks, doing it on the set breaks or whatever. That's um, one of the most overrated arguments <laughs> for not – I'm serious. It's the most oh, – then if that's the case, 
then here's a racket, little Johnny. Good luck on starting your tennis career. Call me when you're in the pros. I mean, I'm saying to every point would be annoying. Well, changeovers you don't have to are have tolerable. A, you don't have to have mic'd up. Here's why. Let me tell you the number one reason. The number one reason is because I want the greatest possibility of having the 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 best possible uh, you know ability out of each player at the same time. Right. That's the that's the ultimate goal watching tennis is I want to have two people playing at their absolute best at the same time right. and having a knockdown drag out and then if I hit more shots for winners than you do. I'll beat you. If you do, you'll beat me. When I would love to see a match turn around because of someone's coaching on the sidelines. It that does. W- that would be really exciting. It has. Um, we just saw a video of a guy, you know, telling his player, you're going to do nothing but hit it to her backhand. Yeah. Hit it to her. Stop. Do, hit it to her backhand. And it, I can't remember who it was and whatever. Of course, it was a man and a, and a woman. And my uh, another podcast uh, we listen. Uh, you don't listen to ours much. <laughs> listening, but, but another podcast I listen to for tennis, the tennis podcast. It's got two Brits on it, one male, one female, and the female was complaining that it it seemed a little patriarchal. <laughs> he was uh, the way he was yelling at her. Yeah, tri- I hear that. I'm a like, lot. oh my god, are you kidding me? Because if I was if I was a player and my coach was a woman and she was yelling at me. She should. It'd be the same thing. Well, Just I don't know it. if you know this, but the woman could have fired the coach. Uh, you know, if oh, she didn't yeah. like it. That's right. <laughs> Who's the boss? Right. Oh, the woman. Yeah. I'll be. So if she's getting yelled at. This was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um. Anyway, so, she could have fired. I'm gonna put it. Leave it at that. So the point being is though that I, I really do think having somebody like Agassi um, involved with a player that is receptive to what he has to offer could be really good and it, it just increases the level of tennis a little bit in this era with one player which makes a big difference right give me one or two more players three more players five more players that are a threat a real threat all the time in this group and it's so much better totally then, I, then women's can stay on being because then the Kidding. earlier early matches in the tournament actually are compelling right uh, instead of we don't get a good match till the semis Exactly, and to, and by the way, a third a three set match isn't a good match when I still know what's going to happen. Right. So just because Federer went to three doesn't mean it was a good match. Right. That means it just took him a little longer. Right. But the outcome was still the six same. one, <laughs> four six, right. up three zero. Yeah. Out of the gate. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Holy moly! What was your coach's your Corey's corner we talked about earlier? Yeah. So what I was what I was saying is you know everybody always talks about their thing and obviously we've taken to the extreme by having a podcast but it's like you know this is us is a big show that everybody's talking about now oh did you see the last episode of this is us or walking dead or game of thrones or or pickleball or whatever it is and i you know by the way i played pickleball today for the first time ever ever oh okay well you got to talk about it now i hated it it felt first of all it was like a knockoff it was like one of those sets that you would get like a yard volleyball set or a yard badminton set <laughs> right. you know what i mean you buy it for like 1999 uh-huh. and everything's awful <laughs> so i mean it was literally the paddle felt in my hand like one of those paddles that has the ball <laughs> and the rubber band connected to it that you boom, 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 you try to bounce this is the most interested i've ever been in anything you have to say you know what I'm t- who did you play with my daughter 
Okay. Who's ten? So it, well, so you initiated it then. Well, no, we were at a we were at a trunk or treat event, and they had they just set they had up a, pickleball. Well, they had a bunch of games in the middle, and I all see. the cars were around the parking right. lot. And the middle section um, was games and stuff for kids. And so I was gonna, I was hoping you played like a real pickleball person, beat some ninety year old man. Get up! Because then you would real everybody would realize how bad it is, and I don't care if we criticize this tennis podcast. But I beat the pickleball pro the first time I ever played. That tells you how valid the sport is. Right. Um, well, first of all, it's not. A, there's no no chance. <laughs> there's no chance that somebody put the pieces together for pickleball on purpose. <laughs> so are I you was fa- laughing because I knew that was going are somewhere. Are you familiar with the what I'm talking about with the paddle with the yeah. rubber band oh, and absolutely. the little rubber uh-huh. ball where you just kind of mm-hmm. you try to bounce it in a row and I always it's hit about myself as stable as the pickleball paddle. Yeah, and I always hit myself in the face with it. So that's the paddle. <laughs> Right. They got a wiffle ball from the backyard of their neighbor's kid, their kid, you know, that right. lives next door, and any old net will do. And it, it it sounds so dumb when the ball hits the paddle. It totally does. It sounds so dumb. It's it's definitely like if you're walking into a tennis venue and you've got one racket and you've got that zip cover on it right. all the way, and you walk in and somebody hits a ball over the fence and you you reach out to hit it back over with the racket that's got the cover on it. <laughs> right. That's what it reminds me of. No one has ever complained about the sound of a racket hitting a ball, but pickleball hitting a ball, no one's ever not complained. It sounds horrible. Now, we have a lot of Facebook friends, is that mm-hmm. the thing? Or yep. people that like our Both, fan yep. page and whatever other stuff that are pickleball people. Right. And let me just say this. I'm glad you're out getting exercise. Lord knows I need to. <laughs> you're not, it's not going to, pickleball's not going to help with that. Well, listen, I sweat a little bit. It was 80 degrees That's today. That's true. By the way, welcome to fall in Texas. It's 80 <laughs> today. Um, so, your sport's dumb. I'm sorry. We need to get somebody. I guarantee you, we live in a major metropolitan area. We have to have a pickleball group. In DFW, oh, we, there are call if you're call in if you're. I need, know many that play tournaments and things. All right, well, we need to find somebody who is well versed and passionate about their awful sport. Um, <laughs> well, here's my thing about pickleball. Doubles is what the vast majority of tennis players play, right? And the supposed advantage of pickleball is that it's easier on your body. And I'm like, I don't know many things easier than doubles in tennis the the way most people play it <laughs> right which is not properly right uh, so i'm like to me to have something easier than doubles <laughs> that's not what i'm looking for like that that yeah. to me to have that be the selling point I of your play sport hearts it's easier <laughs> so ping pong is my comparison to pickleball in terms of athleticism it's about the same dude have you seen some of those uh anyway so <laughs> all right so but i'm sure the amazing pickleball players look like that well, fair enough so anyway, so yeah, so what an awful sport. I don't like it. Now, again, I'm going to have to, we got to get somebody in. We have to get somebody in, but that person that comes in to the show, ha- I have to go hang out and play with them at some point. So they can show you how difficult it really is. Well, I need to see exactly how it is. The right. rules, that I, I don't know anything about it. I dominated my 10-year-old. <laughs> dominated. Center home crying. No, I didn't. Um, so anyway, so... So pickleball, their thing. So you are annoyed when you say something about tennis, and they have no knowledge of it. No, no, I'm not annoyed. So what I mean by that is, would you rather 
the sport be bigger so everybody yes. cared about it. Yes. Well, yes, for our for our No, I don't passion. No, I'm not one of these people that's like fake um, you know, where like my the value of my thing is increased because nobody else does it. That's what I mean. And it's a faux coolness. Right. Like is yeah, exactly. Is it cool because like oh yeah. I'm the only one that knew about it and how about, knew this or right. So like how about a Prius? All right. <laughs> no, they suck. My knees are in my chest when I'm driving a Prius. Because to me, there's no worse feeling. The reason I, what I'm getting at here is, to me, there's no worse feeling than texting somebody or calling somebody or seeing somebody. Hey, did you see that incredible match? It was the greatest thing I ever saw. Like, what match? You know, they they know nothing about right, it. Right. And it makes you feel like a loser because you're like watching something that nobody else knows about. Um. Yeah, I don't because I'm awesome. <laughs> but I, but I'm self aware enough to know tennis's place in America. Right. Which is what we're fighting against on this podcast. So I'm 100 percent with you in terms of that. That happens a fair yeah. amount, but I don't have that foe. Well, <laughs> it's so exclusive; you don't know about it. Right? <laughs> no, we just aren't popular. Well, but I, I think we're harder for people to get into because it's such a complex sport. Right, and I and I think that the difference is and anybody can pick up and watch Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or this is a whatever. Whereas tennis, like you said about pickleball, you got to know the rules. You got to go. You and got to probably go out and play with somebody to really know. You can't just turn it on. Right. You can obviously get appreciation for the athleticism and all that, but no one's going to turn it on and be thirty forty. What I don't understand. <laughs> they just played five points. Like, right. Why is it thirty four? So I mean, that's the obstacle that we have compared to just a random TV show or. And let's face it, it's long and it can be boring. It can be boring. And that's my. I don't want to go away from three out of five sets, but that would—if anybody gave that argument—I would understand it. Like we want to bring tennis to the masses, it can't be four and a half hour match. Right, but that only happens four times, and it's only at the Super Bowl. Right, the Super Bowl halftime is like forty-five minutes long. Yeah, only for the Super Bowl. Right, every other game throughout the entire season is fifteen minutes. Right, so you're like in and out. Let's get this thing going. So in that regard, eh, not a big deal, not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I there are some obstacles, um, and. The hardest part about that is this exact scenario where you're you're like all in it, and the the the, the people you're talking to about it look at you like you're an idiot. And I feel bad when someone comes out and brings up tennis to me. Oh my gosh, did you see you know the finals of Rotterdam? And I'm like, no, I missed that one. Uh, and they're yeah, talking but about you it. want to, right? That's what I mean. That's the difference. They are completely oblivious and completely blow it off and don't care. Right. And it's so pre- – but that happens. In, I mean, people don't watch football. People don't right. watch college football. I mean, you think about ratings. It's not like 300 million people right. are watching the NFL. Yeah. I mean, they have huge ratings, but as a percentage of all 330 million people, it's not huge. So in that regard, it's just so many more that it, it you know doesn't happen as much. Yeah, and I think that's the thing we're missing in tennis is we just need it needs there needs to be a methodical, you know, method to getting tennis like like with a TV show we talk we know every Sunday night, Walking Dead, every whatever night Game of Thrones on, you tell it and watch it. But you know when it's gonna be, whereas tennis it's like we gotta figure out when it's gonna be on each week and figure out how to follow it does it's not easy to follow. Well, yeah, that's it and and that plays into what we were talking about about the women's argument that it's not placed properly or in an equitable way in in you know grand slams for the most part because that's what the most tv coverage is 
And and so that is a piece of the puzzle. I don't think it's a huge, huge piece of the puzzle. No. And that's and the reason is is because you can't go out and kill zombies. <laughs> um, you can't go out and play football. Well, you right. can, but most people don't. Yeah. Most most people don't. Um, not but the, not the way they are. Everyone can go out and play tennis. Right. And so I think that is the indirect method to make tennis more popular is to get more people playing. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, and the biggest benefit we have positivity is that everybody, almost everybody has played tennis at some point in their life so they can at least appreciate the difficulty. When I hear somebody say right. tennis is easy, I know that person's ever played. Yeah, Because oh, nobody's ever played would say that. Oh, it looks easy. Right. Right. Um, so that is one thing that we have is almost everybody has played at some point. Right. But translating that to getting them interested in watching is the hard part. Oh, what an episode. What? That was a lot. For not having one seen one second of women's <laughs> tennis, I must say that was quite an episode. Um, we wrapped up the year. We're almost a buck and a half here. That's pretty incredible. We got to save our... So we'll preview 2019 women's tennis at some point? Oh, yeah. We well, have two in, more months for in, that. Yeah, exactly. In the winter sometime. Um, I will tell you this. Um, I can't imagine I'm going to be all that positive generally. <laughs> In terms of my outlook of men's tennis, right? Uh, mainly women's tennis, yes. And as we, I'll, I will tell you the things I'll be, I will be positive about that I'm looking for is that seat to pass group to right leapfrog the Zverev group. Well, I was going to say to turn it for positive for the end of this. What would make you? We always ask this, and it never happens. But what would make you happy in this tournament, the Paris Masters? To see some of the big three, I mean, put it this way, if Federer didn't look not great in right. the last tournament in some of those three setters, yeah. it'd be like, okay, but you can't, we just can't get all of it. We can't get everything we want. We can't get Federer getting pushed right. and also playing well. Right. And and that's frustrating because it's well, like- said, him getting pushed and still winning doesn't even really matter. Well, exactly. Exactly. Especially when you pretty much feel like it's not in doubt. So I would have to see- some of the next next gen beat the next gen. I so like that's that. I like that name. Yeah. So the Cesar Pass would be the next next gen. Right. And then Zverev is the next gen. And I don't care that they're the same age. Right. Again, Zverev's three in the world. Yeah. Age isn't doesn't matter. Your your process when no, it's you about start development. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so the next gen if if the next next gen leapfrogs the next gen, that'll be a positive for me. Then I can relax and say, whew. We're finally done with the weakest hair in men's tennis. If they then go on to start pushing, right? Djokovic really is the only one that's going to be all 100% together physically. When I need a simple thing, I'm going to make it simple for me. I need one of the big three to lose before the semis, and I need that person that he loses to to make the final. To not fall apart the next right. round. Right. Because cause then, then you could just say, oh, well, you know, fluke win, big deal. But I need someone to beat them and then prove that they are good enough to do it after a big win. Right. Because that's what, because you're never going to win a slam without doing that. People have beaten Djokovic, Istomin beat Djokovic, and people have beaten, I mean, (laughs) so you've got to be able to actually win a match after beating somebody like that for it to mean anything. I mean, yeah, it means something, but not just that they had a bad day. Right, 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 right. Oh, goodness. All right, what else you got? Anything? That's it. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Oh, this has been too long. My stamina is running out. All right, well, you know what to do. If you're, you're perfect all- for pickleball. Yeah, man. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to take any more shots at pickleball until we get a, 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 a 
quality representative in here. Um, all right, so you know, if you're listening, then you obviously already know what to do. Help your dumb friends who can't operate their phone. All right, uh, help them download it. Spread the word. It's literally up to you. I have no plan whatsoever for marketing this <laughs> podcast. I don't. Not because I don't want to, but like I said, I talk about tennis, but 90% of my day is working in tennis. Right. Um, and so, and besides that, let's see, I'm one of those dumb dumbs that don't <laughs> operate a phone, so <laughs> let's be fair here. So, But uh, follow us on uh, Tennis Rev Pod, at Tennis Rev Pod on Twitter. Uh, I, I need to get more Twitter fights. Some of our biggest episodes are Twitter fights. Um, we're, we're gonna need that content in the winter. Yeah, so. no kidding. <laughs> we seem to be hung up on 110 followers at Tennis Revolution Pod on Instagram. Uh, get y'all's lives together. All right, follow. There's nothing that you, that is hurts you by following me on Instagram. <laughs> you will not get we'll one have single any picture. impact on your feed whatsoever. <laughs> the difference between you following Instagram and you deleting your Instagram um, app off your phone completely. Is exactly the same. Right. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, follow us, then delete your... I don't know of how that works, but try that. If if it gives us the numbers, you will not get a single picture at all. And uh, and I'm pretty happy about that. Um, yeah, so those are really the two things. Spread the word. Get it out there. Um, I'm working on another comedian to try to teach tennis to. Another big famous one. Hmm. Um, as famous as the last one, whatever that's worth. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay, so to be fair, um, but he, uh, you know, he's, he's been the on tennis coach, the stars here. Good, yeah. Well, the semi stars. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, he was in in Texas performing um this weekend. So I went I went down to go see him, met with him, and he actually is a co host of a podcast with friend of the the show, uh, Joe List. So um, they are buddies there in New York City. So he was in town. And uh, I'm trying to coax him out onto the court with me. I think he probably thought I was a crackpot. I get it. <laughs> I get it. He's never listened, obviously. Who has? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so hopefully that'll be some good winter content. Um, I can get out there and, and get on the court with him. So, anywho, um, I think that's about it. And uh, just uh, keep on keeping on. I think that was the most positive uh, episode. I'm not kidding. I, you know, I don't, you know, it feels good. I feel, I feel good. I feel better. We're revitalized. We're yeah. excited about Jack Sox dominance this week. I pledge to all the listeners of this podcast and you, my co-host, to never, ever be positive about Jack Sox <laughs> ever again, unless he makes the semis. I will. It'll be even worse if he makes the semis. <laughs> if he defends all of his points this podcast might be over. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, so uh, do all those things. Spread the word. Get it on out there. We love you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Jack Sock. <laughs>